This week on Jerusalem Dateline, an exclusive interview with Israel's longest-serving Prime Minister, Benjamin Netanyahu. He shares about his latest memoir and what he hopes to accomplish if he wins Israel's upcoming election. Plus, a biblical holiday is bringing Jews and Arabs together in a special way. And the largest black church in the world makes history in the Holy Land. All this and more this week on Jerusalem Dateline. Hello and welcome to this edition of Jerusalem Dateline. I'm Chris Mitchell. The manhunt is over for a Palestinian gunman suspected of killing an Israeli soldier in Jerusalem earlier this month. Israeli police say the gunman was shot dead after he opened fire at a security guard at a Jewish community near Jerusalem. Authorities revealed he was carrying a pistol and an explosive device. The security guard suffered a gunshot wound to the hand but survived the attack. Police believe this is the same man who killed a female soldier at a Jerusalem checkpoint on October 8th. Well, Australia says it no longer recognizes West Jerusalem as Israel's capital. That's a major policy reversal that drew immediate backlash from Israeli leaders. In 2018, Australia officially declared Western Jerusalem to be Israel's capital. Now the country's central-left government says the capital is Tel Aviv and called for a two-state solution to the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. Australia's embassy, of course, has always been and remains in Tel Aviv. Uh, the Australian government remains committed to a two-state solution in which Israel and a future Palestinian state can coexist in peace and security within internationally recognised borders. The Palestinians who view Jerusalem as their capital applauded the move. Meanwhile, Israel's foreign ministry summoned Australia's ambassador over the decision. And Israeli Prime Minister Yair Lapid condemned Australia, saying, quote, Jerusalem is the eternal and united capital of Israel, and nothing will ever change that. Israelis are just days away from their fifth election in less than four years. Former Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu is the frontrunner in one of the country's most turbulent times in recent history. He's credited with transforming the country's economy, confronting Iran, signing the historic Abraham Accords, and much more. Netanyahu joined CBN's Gordon Robertson on the 700 Club for an exclusive interview to discuss his new memoir, Bibi, My Story. Take a look. Well, let's start with a real broad question. Your life parallels the life of modern Israel. You were the first Israeli prime minister who was born in the modern state of Israel. So give us your assessment. How would you assess where Israel stands today? Well, look, the founding of Israel came after centuries of exile, uh, pogroms, massacre, culminating in the greatest massacre of them all, the Holocaust. And the, the founding of the state was meant to really to do two things. One, to fulfill the b biblical prophecy of the ingathering of the exiles, and also the renewal of uh, Jewish sovereignty in our ancient homeland, the land of Israel. Uh, that was achieved. But once it was achieved, it wasn't uh, necessarily permanently guaranteed unless we made sure that it was guaranteed. So while my father's generation was charged with founding the state, my generation was charged with securing its future. And I devoted my life to make Israel strong, strong uh, economically, strong uh, militarily, strong diplomatically, to be able to create what I call the Iron Triangle of Peace. We're so strong that the Arab countries around us, instead of seeking to, uh, to destroy us, recognize that we're here to stay. And so 
one by one, we make peace with them. Israel, from being a, a tiny state on the eastern edge of the Mediterranean, is now ranked as the world's eighth power, uh, with one-tenth of one percent of the population. That's not something you can explain away. It's a miracle of faith and fortitude. Uh, one of the things I like about your memoir is the detail you go into in terms of the conversations that you've had with world leaders. I just want to focus in on uh, the American conversations. And let's go back in time. Iran is threatening Israel. They seem to constantly do that. You bring it up with President Obama. And here's his quote. Bibi, he said, nobody likes Goliath. I don't want to be an 800-pound gorilla strutting on the world stage. For too long, we acted that way. We need to lead in a different way. What, what was your response to that quote? What was your response to that? That's a sea change in American foreign policy. What was your response? Well, I was quite surprised, to be frank, and I, I thought in the Middle East and the world, where you have Iran racing to for a nuclear arsenal, terrorism abounding everywhere, uh, and the international order being challenged everywhere, I don't—I didn't want to be an 800-pound gorilla. I wanted to be a 1,200-pound gorilla, because I think people respect strength. And I think this was uh, one of the things that I disagreed with with President Obama, whom, by the way, I respected. We were both uh, what are called uh, conviction politicians. That is, we are guided by convictions, except our convictions uh, didn't always mesh up. And here they really clashed, because I think Obama believed that uh, peace brings power. And I believe that power brings peace and also maintains peace vis-a-vis uh, -vis non democratic uh, neighbors. So I thought that uh, we have to make Israel very powerful against Iran as well. Uh, he thought that uh, he could manage, uh, he could forestall uh, Iran's uh, quest for nuclear weapons or contain it by a deal which uh, essentially would enable Iran to become a threshold nuclear state. And I thought that would endanger Israel, but it will also endanger the United States, because Iran says Israel is a small Satan, the U.S. is the great Satan. They chant death to Israel and death to the United States. Now, do you want a regime like that to be armed with uh, ballistic missiles, with nuclear warheads that could reach any one of your cities? Of course not. So it was a palpable threat against Israel, but it was also a palpable threat against America and our free civilization. Uh, the only way you're going to stop Iran from having nuclear weapons is not by this or that agreement. The only way—because they cheat anyway—the only way that you're going to stop them is the combination of crippling sanctions and a strong military option. That's the only way to stop it. Well, how do you overcome the, the I guess, the fixation with trying to solve the Palestinian issue? The problem with the Palestinians is the Palestinians, because they refuse to accept Israel in any boundary. They refuse to accept a Jewish state in any border. And as long as they persist in that, you can't really solve their problems. So you can be stuck on that for another quarter of a century. I, I think I have the capacity to reach out to other Arab countries. I'll reach out, if I'm elected in two weeks, to uh, my longtime friend, uh, uh, President Joe Biden, who said just recently on his visit to Israel, he said, Bibi, I love you, but I don't agree with a word you say. And I said, Joe, it's often reciprocated, uh, because on this matter, I think, I think that the traditional foreign policy uh, of uh, the United States and other Western countries is just plain wrong. There is 
a broad peace to be had out there. We just proved it with the Abraham Accords. It can be expanded. It can include all the Arab states that want to live in peace with Israel, that want to enjoy our technology, which is immense and could change the lives of their people for the better, and want to also partner with us against the common threat of Iran. And this opens up just a vast possibility. If you're going to be stuck on the Palestinian rabbit hole, just sink into that rabbit hole, you're not going to get anywhere. We're with you, and we're with Israel. Uh, and I, I hope everyone can get a copy of his new memoir. It's called BB My Story. We've just scratched the surface here. If you want an in-depth conversations, uh, you know, all, all, all the details of the peace agreements, the Abraham Accords, what David Friedman did, all of these wonderful things that have happened, get the copy of the book. And Mr. Prime Minister, thank you again. And thank you for all that you do. And thank you for standing strong. Thank you. Coming up, Israelis and Palestinians unite in the sukkah of peace. Now, for a limited time, you can get five of CBN's critically acclaimed documentaries. Experience the rebirth of the modern state of Israel. The historic bonds between the Jewish people and the land of Israel cannot be broken. Relive the battle for Jerusalem in the Six-Day War. Jerusalem is yours forever. Discover how Israeli volunteers are changing the world. When people need us, we volunteer and we come and help. Explore the world of Israeli technological innovation. We're people of dreams. God gives us dreams. And that's really the roots, I think, of, of much of our innovation. And understand the biggest land dispute in history. Many Palestinian Arabs claim that the Jews stole Arab land. But is that the real story? This exclusive Israel DVD collection can be yours for a gift of $29.99 or more. Call now or go online to get your Israel DVD bundle, which includes streaming access. Download the CBN News app, 24-7 News, from a Christian perspective at home or on the road. One place for all of your news. Breaking news alerts. Set daily prayer goals and pray for news stories. Read the most important news and watch CBN News Channel Live. CBN News, because truth matters. Go to CBNNewsApp.com to get the app today. Centuries before his birth, ancient prophets foretold his coming. The scriptures would describe how he would fulfill prophecy. His life changed history. His death changed eternity. CBN Israel presents the evidence from scripture that proclaims Jesus as the Messiah. Get it today to build your faith and share his message. Call now or log on for your copy of The Messiah, Prophecy Fulfilled. For the past few weeks, there's been an increase in clashes between Israelis and Palestinians. But despite the tension, CBN News visited one event designed to reconcile these children of Abraham. Ifrat is a Jewish community just a few miles outside Jerusalem. It's in the biblical land of Judea, also known as the West Bank, and next to many Arab villages. This year, during the Feast of Tabernacles, its mayor hosted a unique gathering. 
This is the Sukkah of peace at the home of Efrat Mayor Oded Revivi. For the past eight years, it's been part of his efforts towards peaceful coexistence and being a good neighbor. We spoke with Mayor Revivi about those invited to the event. And maybe the most surprising guests will be uh, Palestinian neighbors, which have turned it into their custom and to their ritual to come once a year to this gathering uh, to send out a message that despite what you might be hearing on the media about what's going on around, there are also people that can manage to gather, have a socialized uh, discussion. Another guest joining this year's Sukkah of Peace was Israeli Defense Minister Benny Gantz. What was your message today? Uh, I think uh, we have to stay as connected as possible because being aware of one another is the beginning of caring for one another. Mayor Rivivi feels the media often distorts the reality on the ground. We see way very, too often, and definitely also in social media, how you hear about the extremists causing riots, causing violence, causing fear, and people tend to think that that is the norm, that's the majority of the people, that's what's happening everywhere all the time. And our realization living here is that not reality. Part of that reality is the work of Dr. Yitzhak Glick, a 30-year resident of Ifrat. So you treat a lot of Palestinians in the clinic and sometimes go to their homes? Absolutely. We uh, regularly, I, I see Palestinian patients, whether in their homes. I like going to their homes because I learn a lot about their culture and I give them the home field advantage. And I think that that makes them feel comfortable. Glick says their relationship with their Arab neighbors is a largely untold story. There's a lot, thousands of thousands of daily positive interactions that don't get coverage. And, you know, get coverage when stones fly and bullets fly, that's, you know, and, and there's uh, violence, that seems to get coverage. But when there's so many positive interactions, and, and we firmly believe that, you know, we're both parties are here to stay, and we need, uh, we need to find a way to live together uh, with mutual respect. The tenuous situation here is another reality, which is why many Palestinian guests asked not to be on camera. Mayor Revivi explained why in his invitation letter. Eight years ago, we first hosted our Muslim neighbors from the surrounding villages at the sukkah in our home. The event was touching and fascinating for all those involved. Unfortunately, the Palestinian authorities saw the meeting as problematic. They summoned four of our Palestinian guests for an interrogation that lasted four and a half days. One Palestinian did agree to be interviewed. Despite the potential danger, Ashraf Jabari from Hebron has attended six of these gatherings. I've been involved in this work for the past 15 years. We remain consistent and undeterred, and we continue to move forward in this work unafraid. I hope that we'll get to peace. This is our objective, to have a real peace with the Israelis. There's no other way other than living together. Jabari says the PA isn't pursuing peace. It's because of the Palestinian Authority that doesn't support or condone this type of program. But those who are brave will attend, and do attend. I call to the world for those that truly want to move forward in peace, not to work with those who are corrupt, and those who are robbing the public funds for people who want to work together, hand in hand. It is surprising how brave they are. They don't enjoy freedom of speech. They don't enjoy free media that they can actually say whatever they want to whoever they want, where they want. And the fact that they're coming, the fact that they're engaging, the fact that they're willing some of them to be exposed, that is definitely something which is revolutionary to some of the people. Riveri says this grassroots approach is the way forward. I think so. I think there's no other way but to get to know your neighbors, 
to discuss with them what's bothering them, to understand what their needs are, and from there to try and find solutions. Up next, the bishop of the world's largest black denomination shows his love for Israel with a special visit to the Holy Land. Names from the Old Testament are being unearthed all over the city of Jerusalem. This was amazing. Come as close as you can get to personalities that are known from the Bible. Astonishing discoveries made today. A jaw-dropping moment of Bible archaeology. This is much more than a thrill. This is actual history that took place here on the site where we sit right now. Confirm the kings and prophets of the Bible left real evidence of their lives. Right time, the right place, with the right people. And one of the most significant finds in recent history. Exactly as the Bible tells us happened in the days of King Hezekiah. Written in stone, kings and prophets. We have the Bible and we have archaeologists. Telling our story, it's matching. The Old Testament is a reliable history book. Get your copy today for a gift of any dollar amount. Call now or go to cbn.com slash written in stone. Here, we're committed to a heritage of rigorous scholarship dating back over a thousand years. And to a faith tradition dating back a thousand more. This is how we create a culture of inquiry where no topic is off limits. And a culture of hope. Anything's possible! It's Christian leadership. And it's changing the world for the better. It's higher learning. It's greater knowing. It's what makes us whole. It's what makes us regent. Get Superbook's Heroes of the Bible bonus. Three stories of people who fought giants, faced rulers, and stood strong for their faith and overcame. Join the CBN Animation Club and get Gizmo Go, Quantum Karaoke, plus two copies to share with others, all for your gift of only $25. And as part of our Heroes of the Bible bonus, receive three additional Superbook episodes as our way of saying thanks. Visitors are streaming back into the Holy Land, and the highest-ranking official of the largest black church in the world made a first-time visit to Israel. CBN Middle East correspondent Julie Stahl explains the significance. The appointment of Bishop Glenn Plummer and his wife, Dr. Ruth Pauline Plummer, to represent the Church of God in Christ here two years ago marked an historic beginning. The founder of our church, who was born at the time of slavery, in the United States. And Bishop Sheard is the eighth in succession in leading our great church. We have now matured to where we are in 113 countries, but three years ago, our church made the decision to embrace Israel in a very formal way. Bishop J. Drew Sheard's visit to the Holy Land marks the first time the church has held a holy convocation here in Israel. In the 115-year history of our church, there has not been a presiding bishop that has made an official visit to Israel. We are said to have six and a half million members. We are the largest black church in the world. Israeli dignitaries and bishops from around the world came together at the King David Hotel to welcome the bishop. You are the spiritual power in the United States. And 
And that is equally as important as the political power. Because if the United States moved their embassy to Jerusalem, it's because you, the spiritual power of the United States of America, lobbied for the embassy to be moved to Jerusalem. This is really prophetic to see uh, black America and Jews and Israelis coming together in defense of our shared Judeo-Christian history and values. Former American basketball star and Jewish Sports Hall of Fame member Tal Brody highlighted the close relations between the black and Jewish communities in the United States. We're very appreciative you're here because we're going through a very tough time of anti-Semitism in the world. Many of the black people in the United States do know some of that history. The majority probably don't know that history. CBN News spoke with Bishop Sherd at the City of David archaeological site. I identify with King David. He was, um, he was, he's, he's always been a blessing to me. During our interview, he shared how in the upper room, the traditional site where the Holy Spirit was first poured out, Sherd had a special experience there with another group. We started praying and we started seeking God, asking God for another chance to do what the early church had done. There was another pastor there who was leading a delegation. All of a sudden, the Spirit of God unified us. We began to pray and the power of God, and then we began to sing songs. He says it's important for the church to connect with Israel. I believe that God is getting us ready for the uh, return of Jesus Christ. I believe that in order to know where you're going, you've got to know where you come from. And so we are very studiously studying the footsteps of Jesus and this holy land so that we can do what he has instructed the church to do. During the opening night, Sherd spoke about the change he feels is coming. Right now, we've got white people, black people, Jews and Gentile all together saying that we love the Lord. Can I get a witness? Julie Stahl, CBN News, Jerusalem. Still ahead, millions of Christians and Jews pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Remember for a moment what it was like to be a child. You believed every story you were told. You saw a world full of endless possibilities. What stories will the world's orphaned and at-risk children believe? We believe the Bible tells the only story truly worth believing. We believe that every child should have the opportunity to dream, the chance to take challenges and turn them into possibilities, the chance to stand on the promises of God, to recognize their place in the greatest story ever told. They have their whole lives ahead of them. Theirs is a world of endless possibilities. They are looking for a story to believe. We will tell them that story. Will you join us?
Introducing a brand new way to start your morning. Get your daily quick start from CBN News. A quick read on the important news of the day delivered right to your inbox. Stay current on breaking news, politics, and entertainment. Discover how God is moving around the world and here at home. Plus, get exclusive stories and daily scripture encouragement just for you. Stay informed. Go to quickstart.news and subscribe today. Earlier this month, Christians and Jews worldwide joined together to follow a biblical command. It's all about praying for Jerusalem. Shalom and welcome everybody to Jerusalem, Israel. This celebration marks the latest International Day of Prayer for the Peace of Jerusalem. Since 2004, this event has joined millions of Christians and Jews around the world to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. To fulfill the biblical mandate of Psalm 122.6, pray for the peace of Jerusalem, recognizing that peace in Jerusalem signifies peace for the world. And so the day of prayer gathers and empowers Christians around the world to stand in alliance with that promise of God in Psalm 122.6. Bishop Robert Stearns helped start this effort and says Jerusalem is central to God's plan for the world. Jerusalem is a plumb line. Jerusalem is a, is a place of covenantal alignment. As goes Jerusalem, as goes Israel, so goes much of our world. And so when we focus in, in this moment that is both filled with difficulty and promise, let's look at this. We have increased negative attacking rhetoric from Iran, from Syria. We've got all kinds of problems there. But through the Abraham Accords, we have amazing new opportunities for peace. So we have to pray that humanity moves in the direction of peace that has been promised to this land and to this region. The day brings Jews and Christians together. The International Day for prayer, of Prayer for the Peace of Jerusalem is a very important day in the calendar. It codifies the blessing and command to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Uh, what Eagle's Wings has done by adding another holiday into the Christian calendar is really unbelievable. And here in Jerusalem, we celebrate it together with our Christian brothers. Stern says a younger generation is catching the vision of the importance to pray for Jerusalem. Being a younger man myself, uh, I'm just excited to help inspire others to come and see what is happening here in Israel, to not only come and view it, but take an active role in it. We're here to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. We want to loudly and proudly tell the world that we want to stand with Israel. We want to stand with God in seeing the peace come about here in the land. It's important that the church and the nations wake up to the fact that God called them in the scriptures to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Uh, he didn't say that about any other city. Prayer leader Rick Riding says given these perilous times, it's important to stand with Israel. It's always intense here, but right now with the threats, very existential threats coming from Iran and the relationships that seem to be developing more strongly between Iran and Russia, there's a real serious need for prayer for the peace of Jerusalem and of Israel. Writing says this also sends a strong message to the Jewish people that they are not alone. I was just talking to a Jewish man here and he said, I had no idea there were 150 million Christians in China and that many of them are praying for Israel. This is phenomenal. And so it also is helping the people of Israel to realize when they feel so rejected in the media that there are people who love them and stand with them. And it really gives a lot of courage to the people of Israel to hear about this prayer from all over the world for them. 
Chris Mitchell, CBN News, the day of prayer for the peace of Jerusalem. Well, CBN News has been covering this event since 2004. It's a great reminder to be praying for Jerusalem. And if you want to know more, go to daytopray.com. Well, that's all for this edition of Jerusalem Dateline. Thanks for joining us. Remember, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And you can also access CBN content through our CBN News and other CBN apps. And don't forget to sign up for our email blast so you can continue to receive all of our exciting CBN content. I'm Chris Mitchell. We'll see you next time on Jerusalem Dateline.